In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of Hatur, and we said the theme of this Coptic month is listening to the Word of God in our lives. And today the Gospel is from Luke chapter 14, and at the end of the Gospel, our Lord says, He who has ears, let him hear. And it's interesting that our Lord said this expression after the parable of the sower. So now, for three weeks in a row, each gospel that we've read, at the end of the gospel it says, He who has ears, let him hear. The church is teaching us that we need to listen. We need to obey the words of the Lord. And the gospel of this week teaches us what it means to be a Christian. To be a Christian is to be a disciple of the Lord. And the Gospel today explains what it means to be a disciple. The Gospel explains the cost of discipleship. Being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is not easy. That's why he said there's a cost associated with it. The beginning of the Gospel, it says... Now a great multitude went with him. So you can imagine that there's a crowd surrounding the Lord Jesus Christ. And this would be an awesome time, from a worldly perspective. This would be a wonderful time to give them a nice, cheery message. Something very nice. Do a nice little miracle for them. Get them to love you, Lord. And so that they can, you know, become your followers. But actually the Lord didn't do any of that. Actually the Lord was very aggressive. And he didn't give them any, like, peachy talk. He taught them something very serious. And actually, this isn't the only time the Lord does this. Anytime there's a big multitude following the Lord, like we hear about this in John chapter 6, after he fed the 5,000, and there was multitudes coming after them, after the Lord. And he said, you're coming after me just because you ate food? Then he started to talk to them about bread from heaven. And then at the end of John chapter 6... It says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. And then Jesus turned to the twelve and said, do you also want to go away? And then Simon Peter, he said something very nice. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. One of the beautiful things about the Lord is that he was always honest and up front, he didn't sugarcoat his message. He told the truth. And on the contrary, what many churches are doing these days is they are watering down the faith. They are sugarcoating the faith. And now we have this like facade of Christianity that is not true discipleship. That is not true Christianity. True discipleship is detailed in the gospel of today. Our Lord begins by saying, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. He cannot be my disciple. And the Greek word here that's translated hate 
here like requires some explanation. It doesn't mean to hate in the way we understand it, like I hate you. No, I don't hate you. I love you. But it doesn't mean it like that. It means to renounce one choice in favor of another. So actually, the same word is used in the Greek Old Testament to describe Jacob when he said he loved Rachel more than Leah. So the love that Jacob had for Leah is the same word that is used here than the New Testament translated hate. But the Lord is using this strong language to say that the love of Christ must supersede everything must precede everything. And to be honest, I never understood this verse until I met someone who converted from Islam. Because many who convert from Islam are, are disowned by their family. And they had to flee from their family. And I know one such person who left his home when he was 20 years old and he hasn't spoken to his family in 15 years. And he had to support himself through school. He moved to a new country to be by himself so that he could worship in his own way. And when I asked him, why did you go through all of this? Why didn't you just live in your parents' home and you could just eat at their table, go into your room and pray? God will be very happy for you. That's enough of a sacrifice. He said, no, I was sick of going to church and sneaking out. I didn't want to sneak out anymore. He said, I wanted to speak about the Bible and I couldn't speak about it in my own home. He said, I wanted to put icons in my room and I couldn't put icons in my room. So this person's love for Jesus caused him to leave his house and to live abroad and to live like on his own and to figure out his own path. No family, no nothing. And he did it for the love of Christ. When you think of this example, like, what have we done for the Lord? Do you love the Lord? Would you go to such great lengths as such a person? That's what the gospel is saying. The true disciples, they would do that, no question. Thanks be to God, this person actually is now a priest. So... It's amazing how you would never imagine that someone who was born into a, an Islamic family and actually a very like noble family, and actually now this person is a Christian priest, unbelievable, the work of God. The true disciples are willing to go to such great lengths. And I hope that story, the reason I shared that story with you, is I hope that story inspires you to see how much people love Christ and how much people are willing to sacrifice for Christ. And that's actually why the church has this very nice book. It's called The Synexar. The Synexar. And The Synexar, that is a treasure. Why is it a treasure? It's because every, every day when we read the Synexar, we see the lives of martyrs. We see the lives of ascetics. We see what true discipleship is. And I want to share with you one practice that I think will be very beneficial to your spiritual life. Very important. So he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Every night before you go to bed, 
do you like bedtime stories? And I like bedtime stories. Every time before you go to bed, learn about the saint of the day. Read the Sinexar each and every day. That way you will become a living calendar, church calendar. Then you will become, like you will know the saints. You will become friends with the saints. You will be disciples with the saints. And you will learn about true discipleship from the saints. Every time we read the stories of the saints, we see how they sacrifice so much. We just read today about a princess who was martyred for her faith. And then we will, we will face the hard reality when we read these stories that perhaps, perhaps, perhaps we are not true disciples the way the gospel intended. We don't want to be Christians only in name. Today we want to become true disciples. The Greek word for disciple is mathetes, mathetes. And mathetes is one who engages in learning through instruction from another. He is a student. He is a student. But being a disciple is much more than being a student. The biblical understanding of discipleship is that the disciple was supposed to be very intimately connected and involved in the life and teaching of a master. And so I want you to think of discipleship as a human like copy machine, human copy machine. It is the deliberate, intentional means to produce living copies of a master. And that's why discipleship is the essence of the church. It is the essence of the church. It is through discipleship that we keep Christ in the church. Because his disciples, he, they were disciples of Christ. They imitated Christ. And then they passed on. They became like Christ. And then we imitated them. And we imitated them. So now we have Christ in the church because of discipleship. That's why St. Paul, he told the Corinthians, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Uh, a German pastor or theologian, he said, Christianity without discipleship, Christianity without discipleship is a Christianity without Christ. Christianity without discipleship is Christianity without Christ. And in an age now, where everybody does what they want to, and everybody does their own beliefs, and everybody has their own mind and whatever, and freedom, and all this wonderful stuff. Discipleship is very, 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 very challenging. Everybody wants to do their own thing, but then the church keeps telling us, don't do your own thing. Actually, imitate the person before you. So, this is... This is tradition, and tradition is supposed to be transmitted through discipleship. But when tradition becomes separate from discipleship, you know what happens? We become like Pharisees, and we just do things just for the sake of doing things without understanding why we do them. And I feel that, like, many, like, we, like, generations came to liturgy because they loved liturgy. But now, do we come to liturgy because we love liturgy? Or it's just because this is what we do on a Sunday? 
The key to like even liturgy is discipleship, to understand the liturgy. Discipleship is key. So how can we be good disciples? I want to say a few words on how we can be good disciples. Our Lord gave us two parables about discipleships in the gospel of today. And I'm going to read the part and I want you to tell me what is common to both of them. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost? whether he has enough to finish it. Lest after he has laid the foundation, he is not able to finish. All who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. The other parable. Or what king, going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. What is the common commonality between the two parables? What are the disciples supposed to do first? They are supposed to sit. They are supposed to sit. And they are supposed to think like, before you do a big business transaction, don't you do your due diligence and you read and you see and you whatever? Christ is saying, if you want to be a disciple, you better sit with yourself and do the due diligence. Go through all the fine print. Examine the scripture. See everything that is written. And once you do that, if you are willing to sign on the dotted line, by all means, come. But if you are not willing to do the due diligence, then you are not a true disciple. If you are not willing to examine yourself, if you are not willing to consider the cost then you are not a true disciple. This decision is very serious to be a disciple. It's very serious. No one goes in and buys a house without like consulting an attorney, signing contracts, doing inspection, and going through the whole thing. And so choosing your faith needs to be thought out, needs to be a decision, needs to sit one with oneself to examine themselves. Each person needs to sit with themselves and examine, am I a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Am I willing to forsake my pride, my wealth, my ego, my carnal pleasures? Are you ready to be detached from all of these things? Look at what St. Basil says. He said, whoever would truly be a follower of God, if you want to be a true follower of God, you must break the bonds of attachment to this life. That's why the Lord said, do you hate your own life also? This is done through complete separation from and the forgetfulness of old habits. It is impossible for us to achieve our goal of pleasing God unless we snatch ourselves away from fleshly ties and worldly society. To be a good disciple, we have to sit with ourselves carefully. We need to consider the commitment that we are making and remember it every single day. I am committed to you, O Lord. The second way we can be a good disciple is that we need to attach ourselves. We said discipleship is to be is a living copy machine. So in order to use the copy, you need the initial copy. You need the, what a, the first one. And so to be a good disciple, you need to attach yourself to a living copy. The best disciple, you know who the best disciple in, like among the saints? St. Saint Anthony. 
Saint Anthony, that was the best, like, the best disciple. And because he was the best disciple, he is now called the father of all, all monks. Look at what Saint Athanasius says about Saint Anthony. He says, there was a man, when Saint Anthony was just a young, like, monk, he didn't know what to do. No one else had done what he was doing. He was like on a new path. But look at what Saint Anthony did. It says... Now when St. Athanasius writes about St. Anthony saying this, Now when there was in the next village an old man who had lived the life of a hermit from his youth up, Anthony, after he had seen this man, imitated him in his piety. So St. Anthony would go out and find someone, Oh, you're righteous? Let me learn from you how to do this, 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 and this, and this. And at first he began to abide in places outside the village. Then if he heard of a good man anywhere... He says, like a prudent bee, he went forth and sought him, and returned back, not to his own place, until he had seen him and returned, having got from the good man, as it were, supplies for his journey in the way of virtue. So the idea was that St. Anthony, he would go and find the best in every single person. Ooh, I like you. You have this. That's very nice. He would stay with him until he learned that virtue. And then when he learned that virtue, he said, hmm, I got it in my box. Let me go find the next righteous person. Ooh, you pray very nice. I like you. Teach me how to pray. Ooh, you read the Bible very well. Teach me this. And he would go to everyone and disciple every, become disciples of everyone and then he became the great Saint Anthony. So attach yourself to a living copy. Another way that you can be discipled. I already told you. The center you didn't pay attention. Huh? The first one was you need, if you read the Sinexar every day, you can become a disciple from the saints just by knowing their story, by praying through their intercessions. That's why, like uh, Pope Carolus, they say he was disciple of St. Isaac the Syrian. St. Isaac the Syrian lived 13 centuries before Pope Carolus. So how is Pope Carolus a disciple of St. Isaac the Syrian? He's a disciple of St. Isaac the Syrian because he reads St. Isaac the Syrian. He loves St. Isaac the Syrian. So you can become a disciple. You want to become a disciple of St. Anthony? Read from St. Anthony. You want to be a disciple? Yesterday we celebrated the the commemoration of St. John Chrysostom. If you like St. John Chrysostom, read St. John Chrysostom. And the more you read St. John Chrysostom, you will be his disciple. But you have to attach yourself to someone holy. Yeah? And thanks be to God, church Malian, full of saintly people that you can attach to. The last thing that I want to say about discipleship is the Christian life, the life of discipleship is the best life. The cost of discipleship is high. The Lord Jesus Christ, He set it very high. But the cost of not following Jesus, even higher. Even higher. And yes, Jesus asks us to leave everything behind, to make him our first priority. But what is the price if we don't make him our priority? The cost, what is the cost of refusing this discipleship? Actually, discipleship is the best life. If you ever found anyone who has lived with Christ, Yanni, I want you guys to do this experiment. Okay, who's going to do this experiment? Find someone who has lived with Christ for a long time. 
and ask them, do you ever regret living with Christ? Do you ever regret, like, why didn't you, don't you miss, like, you didn't miss out on all the fun things that everybody else was doing in the world? Did you ever miss out on that? I guarantee you they will say, no, I have no regrets. I was living with Christ. He provided for me everything that I needed. But on the contrary, I have met several people, everyone, who is not with Christ, and later they regret and say, man, I wasted a lot of my time on this earth not knowing Christ. I wasted a lot of time in carnal pleasures. I wasted a lot of my time doing stupid things. I've never met someone who regretted following the Lord. That's why the psalm today was so nice. That God is full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, abundant in mercy. The cost of discipleship is high, but the Lord is gracious. He is kind. That's why the gospel yesterday in the Vespers was so wonderful. It said, come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If you want to find rest, become a disciple of the Lord, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The life of discipleship is the best life. It's the life full of flavor. You are the salt of the earth. And you are here to preserve the world, to make the world beautiful, to be a light to the world. Go and be good disciples for the Lord, and glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.